It's in the danger zone. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Ooh, sorry. No, sorry. We're sorry we're laughing. It's just, that was bad timing. Sorry. And so, hello everyone, and um, I'm welcoming to the BHA podcast um, for the second time. Will Fry, how are you, Will? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Things good with you? Uh, they've, they've been all right, yeah. Um, now, the last time I spoke to you was in uh, in Finland. Just briefly, how's, uh, how's life developed since then? Um, well, I think we all know how our life developed since then. I think we got back excited to finish off the season, and um, yeah, that didn't didn't quite go to plan. And it's kind of been spending most of this year realizing just how much you you enjoy being on the ice and and not being able to do that's been a bit of a killer. But I think it's uh, given us plenty of time to uh, to get things sorted, kind of away from ice hockey and and keep working through which was obviously fortunate for me to be able to to continue my job um and uh and just enjoy a enjoy a prolonged rest really yeah uh, um now it's the, is it the nottingham cyclones you play for or have i got the wrong nottingham recce outfit yeah no, that's the right one yeah I, I i manage and run them um so i'm actually probably doing more coaching than playing at the moment um so, so yeah i think we've we've all been Hit hit quite hard by it. Um. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, you were you were just explaining to me um, that Nottingham's maybe got a date for coming back uh, provisionally. Anyway, what, when's when's that about? What's what's going on there? Yeah, so the uh, the rink or the the National Ice Centre had plans in anyway to do the plant maintenance this summer. Um, so that obviously wasn't brought forward or anything. It was just kept to the, the normal schedule. So although the dates have, have come out to return and the, the the arena isn't in in a state to to get ice down yet because they're putting a new plant in. Um, so provisionally, all going to plan. We should all be back on the ice first week early September. Um, and then if, if things come a little bit before schedule, we're hopeful we might get on a little bit earlier, but we, we we might end up waiting a couple of weeks more at the same time. It's just kind of in the hands of the contractors at the moment, but should mean that when we do go back, we've got got really nice ice again, um, which is obviously what you'd expect from a, a place like Nottingham. We were quite fortunate to have that that down the road from us. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's the phrase you never want to hear those during the hands of contractors, uh, I suppose. But yeah, there is that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so, uh, what have you been? Uh, what have you been doing to occupy yourself since since hockey finished? Um, a lot of gardening. <laughs> Weirdly, never thought I'd be a landscape gardener, but it's turned out that way over lockdown. Um, we've uh, me and my partner have, have got a new puppy, so we've been spending an incredible amount of time trying to train her, um, and obviously just working the day job. Um, that hasn't stopped um, throughout the period, so that that's been keeping me occupied during the week and trying to get out on the golf course or, or get out running when I can. Um, trying to 
maintain some level of fitness when we get back, but we'll see how that's gone when we get back on the ice. <laughs> and uh, what what do you play off when you when you're golfing? I play off four. Oh. Play off four. So. Bandit we've got on the on the podcast not, here. Not too bad, no. <laughs> Where I can actually play to it still is a different question, but I used to be quite good at golf. <laughs> It'll be those long levers uh, help with the yeah. help with the swing. Um, and uh, what what type of puppy is it? Uh, she's a lurcher, so she's a collie crossbred with a saluki. Um, so she is uh, like a Duracell bunny, just doesn't seem to run out of energy, um, <laughs> and eats everything in sight. So we're having great fun at the moment with that one. <laughs> Ah, okay. Um, well, uh, you'll need to you'll need to send me a picture because uh, as you as you may know, everyone in the BHA loves dogs, um, pretty much. I think every committee member has a family member at least that has a dog of some description. Yeah, so. yeah I'll ping you. Uh, I'll ping you uh, a photo across of a. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, I was gonna gonna sort of ask you. Obviously, uh, sports been gradually returning uh maybe quicker in some places than others um how uh, you know i mean do you do you follow football was that exciting when that returned or you just been anxiously awaiting the return of hockey on the tv um yeah i mean i grew up as i grew up as a football fan i'm from the south coast obviously um so big southampton supporter um I actually played football at uni while I was there as well. I was actually Lincoln University football captain, so I have got a bit of a background in the sport. Um, whether I still enjoy watching it as much as I used to is probably up for debate, but I was excited for it to come back. I think it, it kind of, the novelty wore off after maybe Liverpool had clinched the title and it kind of got to the point where it was like, am I really enjoying watching this with no no crowd in and not being able to go to games and really invest in it? So, I think it was nice to fill a bit of a gap, but yeah, I think there's more waiting for the NHL to start again, and that's really been something that I've kept on top of from many sleepless nights, just staying up watching games on that one. So um, definitely been more excited about the return of hockey than I was when when the Premier League came back. That's for sure. Now, when the Premier League came back, um, I you obviously had the choice of whether you wanted the like the pipe crowd noise or no crowd noise. I was a fan of no crowd noise because I quite liked actually hearing the ball like sort of scalp off the bar and stuff like that. But what, what was your preference and why? Um, I think for the football, I, I, I'm with you on that. I quite enjoyed not hearing the crowd noise. Um, I think this, I watched a couple of games with both when it first started back and I thought the crowd noise they put in was almost too forced. They, they went down the route of kind of having the the home team's crowd recorded and they're mixing this kind of, you're hearing the chance that you'd normally hear if you're watching, say, Liverpool, you'd hear you'll never walk alone being played in the background of things. And I think it didn't really work in the way that I think they wanted it to. I think when you look at the way that the NHL have done it, where they've kind of got very subtle crowd noise in the background behind the commentary team, where it's just more of an ambient noise, I think that that worked better than what the, the football did. Um, I think... The only downside to me when I was listening to it without any crowd noise was I think it just felt a bit like a training game and I couldn't quite get into the game as much. So I was kind of caught somewhere in the middle, really. I didn't really mind too much either way. Um, but I think if I had a preference, I probably would have gone without for the football. Yeah, yeah. I think the NHL's actually been quite... It's quite well done because they, they've got those big screens around the 
the, the ice pad as well, which seem to the players can see and stuff as well. So that maybe makes the players feel like there's sort of a little bit more interaction from outside. Um, yeah, I think the NHL have been clever in them. From, I mean, obviously speaking as a marketer, mm-hmm. I think they've been really clever in the way that they've approached the fact that there aren't any fans there. I think football tried quite hard to hide the fact there weren't fans rather than embracing it. Um, whereas the NHL, you know, they've been putting things up on the screen. They had the fans in the, the you know, the physical fans in the in the in the um, stands that they've shown, and they've, you know, no waves allowed, and and we thank you for your support. And the tonight's attendance is zero. I think it's all been quite clever and quite funny. Accepting the fact that it's not ideal, but it's not something that anyone can do anything about, and should should be kind of, it's an opportunity to to get some fun out of a, a bad situation, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's uh, what's what's your favourite NHL team then? Um, <laughs> well, for my sins, I'm a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. Oh, um, <laughs> my my mum my mum actually grew up in Toronto, um, so it was it was actually. Um, when I was growing up, you know, I'd go and stay at my grandparents' house, and, and my grandpa had VHS recorded all the, the late night Channel Four NHL games. So I kind of end up watching all the, the Toronto games, and it's a bit of a running joke in our family that my my grandpa's still got home camera, like video camera recordings of the last time the Stanley Cup parade was on in Toronto because they actually lived out there. Um, so it's it's yeah, it's not ideal. Um, I do support them, like they, you know, they are my my team. I've probably I've supported them since I was a kid. Before I supported any team over in any of the British leagues, um, so it's painful. But I think you just have to live, to live to accept it and hope that one day they might come good again and actually win a playoff series, let alone get to the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, well, I mean, both whole cities got knocked out there. <laughs> In the qualifiers, which uh, was, um, I, I'm not sure it was on the NHL's reckoning when they started this whole whole debacle. But okay. um, I mean, were you were you shocked when the when the Leafs went out? Um, was I shocked? I think it was one of those series. I think um, I think if it was it was going to be one where Toronto were either going to lose it. Or if they'd got through it, I think they really would have gone on a bit of a push with the, with the group that they've got. Um, but I don't think it was unexpected. Columbus were always going to be a test for them, um, just because of the style of hockey that they play. I mean, they did really. I don't know how much of the games you watch, but I mean, taught as a coach is renowned for being very very good at at knowing his group of players and getting his players to buy into the system he wants to play. And they did a great job of shutting down that top line I mean the Leafs don't really produce a lot outside of that core group of players they've got um, the third and fourth line are, are grinding lines but they're not good really at, in terms of production and I think Columbus did a good job at, at grinding the top lines the ice time that they had and, and didn't allow them to really create anything um, and obviously I don't, I don't think it was a massive surprise that they won the series I think it was good that it went to five games. It was a good close series, but I think the, the team that came out on top deserved to at the end of it. I think the Edmonton series on the other side of that was a shock. I, don't, I didn't didn't have Chicago beating Edmonton at all. Um, so I think yeah, it's probably some disappointment in the in the NHL that the two host cities are are playing without a host team now. But 
having watched the games in this series, I don't think it's really been in terms. It, it hasn't really been detrimental to the to the impact of the playoffs. So we're still getting some really good games, and it's it's just enjoyable to be watching live hockey again. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have to say the Chicago uh, Chicago beating Edmonton has probably ruined the start of my playoff bracket. Um, because after they beat Edmonton, I thought oh, maybe they'll uh, they'll do the business and uh, and beat Las Vegas as well. And I put I put them to upset Las Vegas in seven. And uh, it's not, time. It was time. Yeah. And uh, speaking of someone who called the Leafs going out in five, is Nick? Is that you with us now? <laughs> yeah, it should be. Good morning, gents. Good morning, Nick. Um, we're 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 live in the podcast. Um, I was going to do a little interview with Will because I, I wasn't sure if you'd you'd maybe had to rush out or something. But I'm glad I'm glad you made it. Uh, you'll have met Will before. Will was just telling me all about his uh, Toronto Maple Leafs fandom. Um, ah. <laughs> um, speaking of teams That's that what di- you normally get. <laughs> Speaking of teams that disappointed in the playoffs, Nick, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, your team. Yeah, well, I called it. Yeah. I didn't tell you it was going to happen. Yeah, you also called them getting the first overall pick. Not nearly got that one right as well, but oh well. Excellent, excellent. Well, um, that's that's good that you're on, Nick, because we can we can we can bash on with, with some more chat about the NHL. Um, and I suppose to, to get started again, um, something that we didn't touch on the last podcast, Nick, but you, you mentioned to me just after uh, the Seattle Kraken. Uh, what's your what's your thoughts on that, Nick? And then we'll, we'll give it we'll, we'll ping it to Will. Um, obviously, after the considerable success of Vegas and everything that's gone on there, like, will it be another team of misfits that kind of bonds together and comes through and shines, or is it going to be? Uh, all Starbucks and uh, and no wins. Who knows? But um, but no, it, it's exciting. I, I think new teams is not a bad thing. I think um, obviously uh, brings it up to a better rounded number of 32. It'll be interesting to see if divisions get realigned and what's going to go on with that. But then uh, more importantly, uh, yeah, it's ec- extra hockey at the end of the day, and uh, it'll be. Interesting to see how they get on because I think it'll be. Uh, well, put it put it this way. I don't, I'm not sure how many UK fans they're going to have because uh, that's going to be some very late night games. <laughs> um, and Will, what's what's your thoughts on the on the Kraken, the, the you know the team name? What you know, what would you have called them, and uh, and what what do you think of them joining the league? Yeah, I think I think it's great. Um, I really like the team name. I know there were a few others floated around. I think um, Seattle Soft Eyes was one, uh, but I think Kraken. Just a great, great fit for them. Um, the setup over there looks like it's going to be really good. Obviously, they've got the, the, the arenas being built, and it looks like it's going to be right up there um, in terms of state-of-the-art facilities. Um, I think, like Nick said, it's, it's good to have extra games. Uh, it makes the league even more competitive. Whether they'll be another Vegas kind of remains to be seen. I think the entry draft this time around will be interesting. Obviously, when Vegas entered the league, the the players that were protected by each team were were obviously pretty predictable. Um, I think this time around, with with guys being a little bit older and and maybe some teams looking to to maybe get rid of some contracts. I mean, particularly for example, the Maple Leafs, whether they're looking to to kind of ship some cap space, 
it'll be interesting to see whether there are some more historically big name stars that maybe don't get protected and we see some interesting movement in terms of the team. Um, and I think the other thing that people have been talking about as well is the, the rivalry with Vancouver on, on the West Coast. Um, I think it'd be nice to see a very close for rivalry on, on the West with, with those two being a lot closer together than Vancouver have got with any of the Canadian teams. So I think that's one to look out for as well. I mean, I think uh, I think it's good for the league. And I think Seattle, um, I don't know if you guys have been to Seattle. I was in Seattle for one day. And the Sounders were playing the the MLS team, and the whole like that area that they have for football and baseball and stuff it just shuts down, and everything's sports and everybody's marching to the game. So it's a big sports town. So it should be if they can if they can tap into that as sort of being, you know, alongside the Seahawks um, and alongside the Sounders and the Mariners and stuff. Then I think they should be pretty successful on that front. Um, and also, you heard it here first, Will. Uh, you heard it here first from Will. Um, John Tavares, uh, the first uh, entry draft pick for the Seattle Kraken. So, um, was that was that what you were saying, or did I? <laughs> well, it's interesting because I think, I mean, talking from a Maple Leafs perspective, whether it's Tavares or or potentially someone else, but I think they're, they're going to have to get rid of one of those four big salary players. I'm not sure whether it be Tavares or whether it, you know. There's, a, there's probably a chance that they'll, they'll look to, to ship Marner or Nylander, I think, personally. So I think there's definitely going to be some eyebrow-raising uh, some eyebrow raising picks in that entry draft from from a few teams. Um, but yeah, it remains to be seen on that one. I'm looking forward to it, that's for sure. And, uh, and Nick, from the, the, pe- the Penguins side of things, I mean, what you know, who would who would you be prepared to see go from the Penguins to, to Seattle? Um, because it's it's next it's next summer, isn't it? Or next whenever next next time round. So um, yeah, the Penguins will have a couple of big big name players, kind of on last year last years of their contracts, which um, I th- I think more than more than necessary from a Penguins point of view, from a league point of view. I think Vegas was obviously the first expansion draft in a lot of people's lifetimes, and and the first time it happened in quite a while. And Vegas were quite clever about maybe not necessarily. The players that they brought in, but the assets that they brought in for not selecting players that teams basically didn't want them to uh, didn't want them to pick. So uh, we're offered incentives to take other options, or or in the same way we're offering incentives to take bad contracts. It'll be interesting to see second time around how many teams have learned from that and thought, hey, actually, well, hold on, last time around we absolutely got burned by 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 Vegas by giving them this, that and the other not to take this guy. Maybe it's better to just let them let them pick who they want and, and we'll just have to try and protect 11 or 12 or however many players it's going to be, seven, however many uh, of our assets and we're just going to, have to resign ourselves to the fact that we're going to lose one. But again, it's it's going to be going to be a competitive team and from a Penguins point of view, uh, anyone aside from probably, uh, <coughs> probably Crosby, I'd, I'd, I'd let them take a look. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, certainly I'm, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what Seattle can do. Um, I'm not going to stop being a Sabres fan, but Seattle might be my, my West Coast team uh, in the future. Um, speaking of speaking of uh, NHL a little bit more, um, just just a little bit of clarity here, and I'll get your reaction afterwards. If that uh, Tampa Bay 
Columbus game had started at 8am as we do with our nationals, it would have finished after tier 6 was supposed to finish and been a good chunk of the way into tier 5. Um, <laughs> how do you, how did you guys feel? Did you guys watch that game? Did you manage to stay up to it all, or you know what what, what would you do? Will I'll, I'll, I'll bring you in first, and, and then uh, Nick, you can you can let me know what you you thought. <laughs> yeah, so I watched the fir- I watched the first period, um, and then I went off to do something else, and I came for I, I got back just about in time for the third end of the third. So I watched that, and then watched the first period of overtime, and and went up to bed, and then. I think I woke up and just sort of checked flash scores on my phone and thought, well, oh, it says it's still playing. So I see straight on Twitter and you start seeing stuff and then and then got it up on my phone and I watched the last period and a half of, of the overtime. But yeah, it's just crazy. I just, you just don't even know how else to describe it. I mean, you look at some of the numbers from the, in, like in terms of individual statistics, I mean, what did Seth Jones play? Was it 60 minutes? Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, it, he didn't even look tired. Just, just crazy, crazy amounts of hockey in that game. But I mean, there's always that debate, isn't there? Of is it good for the sport? Is it, is it not? It was kind of a, a meaningless game in terms of the playoff series. Should they have maybe had a different approach to it? But I, uh, yeah, certainly a bit of a head scratcher on that one. But crazy to see that you can't you can't separate two good teams in in that amount of time. Um, and it, it kind of takes that long to just get one goal. So, um, but yeah, huge props to especially. I mean, Corpusado had a great game in net for Columbus, um, and the, the goaltending across the board in the playoffs so far has been phenomenal. But that game in particular was just it was stand out. Yeah, yeah. And Nick, what what did you think? Did you did you manage to catch the whole game or? Uh, no, I, I didn't have that much spare time, Rambo. Um, but no, I think. One thing we touched on, or certainly I talked to a number of people about, was going into this kind of COVID playoffs, everyone was like, oh, the goaltending, they're going to have it the hardest, like, they're coming back in, like, they're going to have to get, like, get used to the building being empty and sight lines and this, that, and the other. And then aside from uh, a couple of individual kind of blowouts, the goaltending's been stellar throughout, like, big, big, big performances by big, big goalies and, and making it really work. But it's... It's just crazy in terms of that that game there, as Will, as Will said, some of the stats in terms of like, was was it not something like, I've not seen something like uh, Columbus blocked 64 shot attempts or something like wow. that. <laughs> or, or, or there was something like Tampa Dad, um, if you included the, the shots that went wide or something, we're up there in like the 180, 190 shot attempts or something like that. And it's yeah. like, whoa. Yeah. That's... That's crazy. Consider that's that's all one bounce of the puck. But I think, as Will said, I, I, you're always going to get that this this that there's some people who are like, well, it, did it go on too long? Like at the end of the day, the the funny thing is, you look at that and it's still only the fifth longest. It wasn't even didn't really scratch the top three, and it's crazy. And a lot of people are like, obviously, well, it then delayed Boston the next day, and it's like, well, again, that's a complete anomaly because obviously that's because everybody's playing in the same building. That wouldn't happen before. Um, I don't know. I there, there might be some merit to if it's not a game seven or not a deciding game or or a game where a team can kind of walk out the building and win. Maybe maybe there does need to be something else that can be done, or it's capped at maybe three overtime periods, and then basically the it's either a, a null result they have to go again, or I, I don't know. But everyone loves playoff hockey. Like, 
I think what's funny about it was you, you touched on the point about the, the timeline in, in terms of Nationals Rambo, but seeing the other players in the rink kind of getting that, because they said that Carolina were pretty much kitted up, ready to go, and didn't know when, when they were going to be on the ice. And it's that feeling of being at a, a multi-team tournament of, you know, you, you, you've got your time slot to get your kit on, and then you stood around waiting, thinking, oh, is this game ever going to end, and, and waiting for your turn, and and standing at the glass watching the game, and you think that's happening in the NHL now, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought, I mean, I, I, one of my thoughts about the, did the, did the NHL maybe, they've done a lot, and they've planned a lot, and they've clearly they've clearly got a, this sort of safe setup. none of the players are testing positive for COVID, um, and all that sort of thing, but maybe did the NFL, sorry, the NFL, the NHL miss a trick by not, say, having the Marley's rink available for, for this sort of thing when they've got two games in one day because I mean at the end of the day it's an empty arena anyway so it's not it's not a big deal um, and maybe they could add another rink in Edmonton I don't know what other teams there are in Edmonton or, or is that would that have been too logistically that would have been worse logistically for them I don't know um, I don't know what's your, what's your thoughts on that guys oh, um, I think there's some merits to it but again like who who could have foreseen that that was going to kind of happen look at all the other overtime games it's pretty much is the the longest other one gone on for 15 minutes or something uh, in this current playoffs? Most of them probably averaging about five minutes. So to, for that to happen, like I go kind of going back circling around, I I didn't watch the start of the game. I, I might have caught a little bit of it before I went to bed. But then it's one of the things that you wake up in the middle of the night. Uh, uh, I got up, checked my phone, and then just saw all this stuff about obviously the Boston game being cancelled and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, what the hell's going on? And then obviously. It's similar to similar to Will clicked on flash scores and saw that the Tampa game was in like said like fifth extra period. I was like, what the? And then obviously realised that that meant actually that's three full periods and then all the extras after that. And I was like, whoa, that's intriguing. <laughs> something, something crazy's going on there. And then obviously checked Facebook and saw the rest of the stuff. But uh, I don't know. I, I, maybe there is some merits to potentially having a having some kind of backup plan. But I think. Um, I think for the majority of them, it's just it is what it is. I'm, I'm guessing there's a is it, is there any other kind of practice facility that the, the teams have been training out of? I'm guessing they've been training out of the um, the Maple Leafs uh, practice facility as well. So I don't know. Yeah, because, I mean, say, Toronto, Toronto is great for that. The Marlies is literally just down the road. So yeah, I don't know what it's like in Edmonton, but certainly I would, you know in Toronto it maybe was a possibility. You'd always had uh, something on the on the iPhone. Um, live streaming the game, uh, the alternative <laughs> feat uh, from up Rambo. Sorry, from the top of a a, a rickety ladder. If yeah. you remember correctly, uh, I do remember correctly. And then they held it in portrait as well, like a pensioner. Um, I believe is what they what they said. So um, now that now that the playoff the playoff brackets are up, uh, guys. I don't know if you if you entered the the BHA one, but. Um, what's your what's your bracket looking like, uh, Nick? I'll, I'll come to you first. What, what's your your bracket looking like? We're recording on the fifteenth of August, sixteenth of August. Sorry for anyone. So if this is wrong when it comes out, we apologise. Um, Nick, what's your what's your bracket looking like there? Um, I I didn't manage to uh, I didn't manage to get my bracket done because I was uh, I was busy doing some other things. But I think we we kind of talked previously on the previous podcast about who we thought we were going places and. Um, I'm still up there with like I think uh, obviously a blip yesterday, but I still think Carolina have got some 
got some yards in them. I think the, the injury to Shveshnikov yesterday hurts them, but I, I, I can still see Carolina doing good things. And then I think uh, pick out of the my pick out of the West was, was kind of, uh, um, I think we touched on before, Vegas again. So I, I don't know. It could be... Uh, that's what I would have had in my uh, in my virtual bracket anyway. But um, and uh, yeah. and well, what what's your what's your thoughts on? Uh, I don't know if you entered the brackets or not, but you know, what's your sort of bracket looking like? Yeah, I have done a bracket. I didn't get into the UIJ one in time, but I'm I'm looking okay at the moment. Um, obviously, I, I picked Philadelphia. They they were kind of one of my picks to go all the way. Um, but that obviously. It's interesting that series at the moment. It'd be interesting if Montreal can do to them what they did to Pittsburgh. Um, obviously, that's tied up at the moment. Um, again, Tampa looking like they're going to do okay and squeeze through against Columbus. Um, I picked the Islanders. I think that was obviously that 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 series is looking like it's it's done and dusted now. Um, but I guess it's one of those right off Ovi and Washington at your peril. Um, I, I I slightly different to Nick. I did pick Boston. Um, I think they've just got a little bit too much experience for that Carolina team. And obviously, like you said, with, with the injury to Shvetsnikov, um, I don't think they're going to have quite enough to turn that series around. Um, Vegas is a pick. That's looking like it's going to be a good one. I actually picked Arizona over Colorado. I fancied an upset in that series. Um, so I think it's, it, it, it's they, they got the win last night. Um, so hopefully they can, they can kick on. Um, Vancouver... I actually picked the St. Louis Blues in that one. Um, so, again, I'm hoping they can turn the series around. Um, and my my pick for the East was actually the Calgary Flames to, to get get all the way. Uh, so I was looking at a Flames-Philadelphia final, I believe. Um, so still hoping that that comes through for me. I, I think that the Flames, are, haven't watched them, are, are quite on firm footing. Um, however, I... Uh, I picked both former 12th seeds to get through, which uh, was maybe not the best idea. Um, uh, Montreal looking more likely to, to get through, perhaps, than Chicago. Um, I had uh, Colorado-Carolina uh, final, um, which is still still possible. Uh, I mean, I thought yesterday, when I heard the news before the game, that, that Rask had decided to go home to his family, which is... Fair play to him. I totally respect that. If that's you know how he's feeling, he's got a young child and everything. Um, I thought well, that's it. That's Carolina are going to come in. They're going to that's that's the momentum shifted firmly in their favour. I didn't realise that their backup was Yar- Yaroslav Halak, um, who's probably just as good as Rask, uh, you know, on his best day anyway. And uh, he had one of his best days yesterday. So uh, Boston could upset me. I, I actually think that Rask is citing personal reasons, but y- you know. You know how you have the, those annoying colleagues at work, and you go home and you rant to your 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 wife and your wife about them, or your partner or whoever. I reckon Rask had marshoned and he just couldn't go home and rant to his wife about it, so he just decided he was leaving the bubble to to do that, and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but um, yeah. So that's it. That's our our sort of playoff brackets now. Uh, Nick, I asked Will about this briefly before you you came on. Um, How's Whitley Bay looking for, for opening there? Will was telling me about Nottingham before you came on. I was on the ice yesterday, Rambo. I am one of those people that you commented about, saying, interested to see all my UK, uh, all my English friends back on the ice. Well, I was one of them yesterday. But um, as to how it's looking, 
Um, yeah. Um, Did Whitley Bay ever look good? Well, yeah. Um, um, unfortunately, I think for, um, for for many reasons, I don't think I can necessarily make my feelings public as to what I feel about the situation. Um, as you never know who's listening. But um, I, I quite happily off the air tell you both how exactly how I feel. But um, we were back on the ice. Let's leave it at that. It was uh, it was good to get back out there. Obviously, good to good to see friends again and and kind of get back to some kind of normal. But it's um, different and also uh try to remember how this hockey thing works after um, a good number of months off is uh takes a little bit of remembering so how was the how were the legs and the lungs uh you know what actually rambo they weren't too bad um they've they've been um i've been uh, last couple of weeks been getting some decent amount of exercise in different various different forms so the the lungs weren't too bad the uh the legs um more <laughs> as I was sitting there putting my skates on from my from my home dressing, uh, was uh, nearly pulled a groin. Put just putting the skates on, so that was I uh, was never a good start. But um, yeah, it was it was all right. I, I've had it's it's more it's just frustrating. I think it's going to be the same for most people that you you have that amount of time off. Suddenly you get back on the ice. You you kind of the synchronization and timing is just atrocious and um passing radar, shooting, all that kind of stuff. Like, well, mine's pretty bad in the first place, so it's pretty bad after um, a couple of months off. But no, it's uh, it was good to get get back out there. And obviously, we've got a, a large number of people in in different uh, different scenarios and different levels of abilities. And it was uh, it was it was interesting to see because we've had quite a lot of people who um, have been doing whether it be roller or quad. Um, skating outdoors and obviously some people have somehow gone away in lockdown and actually come out the other side better especially quite a lot of the um the newer players who obviously can see a larger jump in so it's not been not necessarily been a bad thing for for everybody um if you more well, you will if you don't so have you done a bit of roller skating uh, or anything while, while you've been off yeah um got some roller skates quite early on actually i've been doing doing a little bit um i think it's not not something I want to get too too into because I actually find it quite different to uh, to having the ice skates on. I'm not sure if I like it too much, but we 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 had a couple of uh, socially distanced meetups with uh, some of the guys from the team down at the outdoor tennis courts and things just to kind of get some green biscuits flying around, which was good. Um, I'm I'm, I'm no I am nervous about getting back on the ice because it's just one of those things you don't know how it's going to go and it is going to take time to get back up to the levels that you you used to. So I think. Uh, even coaching, I'll probably be wearing full kit for the first few weeks just to make sure I'm not breaking anything. <laughs> um, I uh, I tried a bit of rollerblading, but it, it kind of makes me sad. It's like if, if someone said to you, "I've got I've, I've bought you a bar of Cadbury's marvelous creations," and then it turned out just to be dairy milk, you know that kind of level of disappointment where you you, you know you eat <laughs> it anyway, but it's it's just it kind of makes you sad inside. That that's how I felt about rollerblading. I just I can't take to it at all. Um, however, I got a, I got one of these mat things, and I've been slapping pucks off a wall once a week, so that's made me feel a bit better. Um, but, but yeah, I'm not I'm not a big fan of the of the of the rollerblading. Have you, have you, have you tried your hand at any other sports during lockdown? What about you, Nick? Have you tried any any other sports or anything during lockdown, like individual sports? Um, 
not necessarily individual sports, but uh, especially since it opened up a little bit quicker. I normally spend my summers, I normally play cricket anyway. So that's been back now for a good six, seven weeks. So that's been my my weekends have been playing cricket and getting involved with that, which is, again, good to get outdoors. We've been fortunate with the weather up here in the northeast, on, at least on the weekends anyway. Um, so that's been good to uh, good to get out and do. But individual sports, no, I haven't really. Um, it's, uh, I don't know. It's one of these things, Rambo, you'll know. If, if you start trying something and you start getting into something, we've already got a limited amount of time to uh, indulge in the things that we like without um, falling in love with something else. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and Will, you've been you've been playing the golf. Has it you been doing anything else that you've you hadn't done before lockdown? Um, I think so. No. I think I've never roller skating. Roller skating is probably the only thing that I've done that I hadn't done before. Hmm. Yeah. Weirdly, but yeah, just been just been on the golf course a lot. A lot of time on the golf course, just enjoying the weather, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing I found bad about roller skates, and and you can jump in here if you if you think. Is, see getting up on them after you've tied them put them on you know like ice skates you put them on and there's a bit of rubber mat and you stand up and there's you know there's friction there so it's easy to stand up in them Ro- roller skates I just about went my length the first time I, the first time I stood up in them because it, my, you know I'm trying I'm trying to you know lift my my petite derriere up and uh, my wheels are going one way and my arse is wanting to go the other way so <laughs> I don't I don't know if, I don't know if you've had that problem First world problems in that sense, but uh, certainly. Yeah, so, I, I'm very much on board with that one. I think I, I got they turned up in the post and we got them out of the box and sat, you know, put them on in the living room and then thought we'll go out in, in into the street and just have a little kind of wheel around them and didn't realise that didn't realise how difficult it would be to get out of my front door from inside my living room and down the tiny gradient ramp of paving slabs to the road and probably nearly fell over about ten times. <laughs> um, and uh, swing it, swing by. In terms of staying in touch with family, Nick, uh, how's your mum doing? Um, that would seem sinister from anyone else, but you know I'm talking cakes here, so. Uh. <laughs> you, know, you know, actually, Rambo, um, they were they were up in the northeast last week. Um, my mum, my dad, my sister, her husband, and uh, and my little uh, my little niece. It was the first time I'd seen them literally in eight months, which is the longest time I'd ever been kind of without being in contact with them. Uh, physically and being in the same room, so that was really nice to uh, to get to see them again. And obviously, um, my niece is only kind of like 20 months old, so she was only 12 months old last time I saw her. So she's changed um, rather a lot. Uh, but no, it was uh, it was good fun. And you know what, Rambo, she's had plenty of time for baking. She just hasn't had the time to to do your haggis sausage rolls or actually, well, deliver them. No, okay, that's 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 good to know. I just thought I'd thought thought I'd find that out. So. Uh, yeah, well, you know I was going to ask you this. I'm just going to get out of the way now. And so, <laughs> I've got two questions for you that have been uh, have been bothering me for a while. Do you have, do you have a French cousin called Sauté by any chance? And the other question is, uh, do you also boil and uh, and you know and, and bake and stuff? <laughs> oh yeah, there it is. It's only taken you. Uh, I chickened 40, out the last time. <laughs> Forty-five minutes and uh, a trip to Finland to get that one out, but. Um, no, I, I don't have any French cousins as far as I'm aware. I'm sure there are some out there with the surname, but um, I'm sure they get the same jokes in French that I get in English. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I'm partial to a bit of bacon. 
<laughs> it, was, it was the time, mate. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, that's that's taken me a long time to, to get that out. But well, that's, uh, that's that's one thing off your bucket list, Rambo, because you've been wanting yeah. that for years. So congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm pleased. I'm pleased. I actually disappointed Will didn't play longer in the in the BHA because there's there's so much more scope and commentary for, you know, like Will Fry is sizzling and all this sort of stuff, but. <laughs> Uh, so I'm a little, I'm a little disappointed that you've not been in the BHA longer. Like no, I actually, I actually had that as a chirp in a game once. There's a, I, was, I can't remember who we were playing against. It was about his last season, and the guy's just like making jokes the whole game about my surname and cooking-related jokes. This this forward that was just the chippiest, arrogant little so-and-so I've ever played against, and it got to the point where. It was so unfunny to start with that even his teammates on the bench were just telling him to cut it out because it was starting to annoy them. And it was just horrendous, some of the stuff that he was coming out with. It's so bad. So I think it's one of them that it, you need to be careful. It's got to be, if you're going to do it, Rambo, it's got to be good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that wasn't by me either. <laughs> uh, I'd like to make a comeback, though, to be fair. Well, be that would be... A yeah. BHE comeback, that would be, that'd be uh, good fun. Potentially, I'm looking at... Uh, trying to get myself somewhere for a master's course um so hoping if that goes through then i can uh make a make a comeback onto the ice rather than just behind the bench coaching cool cool um just uh just briefly what what, what got you into hockey in the first place um obviously i've got the canadian connection in my family um and i think it was it wasn't really till i went to university and and was coming across to Nottingham from Lincoln to watch Panthers and realised that it was all there accessible to me and thought I'd give it a go. So here we are. And uh, did did either of you guys? I don't know if you'd, either you've done this. Um, Nick, I'm, I'm sure the Kings didn't do this, but uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Did any of you play in one of these uh, these virtual tournament things that were on Facebook or Twitter or anything like that during the any of your teams? I mean, um, play in any of these tournament things that were online. Um, yeah, we did actually. We we started our own and started streaming it um, on our face on our club's Facebook page. But it didn't work very well because no one's internet connection was good enough to actually make the streams work properly. So we ended up canning it after the first round. Um, well, we had we we were in one. The Steelers were in one where you had to to uh, it was like a, a Twitter vote thing, um, and we did pretty well. We got into we got second place in our league. We got absolutely hammered by so slow scorpions at the at the end of it but um yeah there was quite a, quite a few of these wee things i think it was quite good at keeping hockey together do the kings have anything like that nick or were the kings just there's the zoom calls getting drunk and that sort of tomfoolery yeah well there was uh there was quite a long running behind the scenes uh wednesday night quiz which um quite ironically uh did really well until it got to two candidates which are infamous for um Infamous for their behaviour and uh, kind of lack of uh, commitment, might be. Uh, it then came round to their turn to host, and then obviously no no quiz happened the week after, which was uh, which was quite interesting. But um, but no, other than other than kind of internal stuff, not really. There was no uh, no Twitter things or, or virtual things or anything like that. Just um, just kind of just a lot of people just enjoying uh, enjoying each of us company um, on Zoom from the sounds of things. I think I think one of the calls. I think uh, there was a one of the calls started at. I think the quiz started at 8 p.m. and the quiz was probably finished by half nine. And some people stayed on that call until about apparently two o'clock in the morning. So God knows what they were doing. Wow. But, 
Yeah, I uh, I remember having one of those with the, the Steel Queens and I demolished half a bottle of Kraken and I can't quite remember what happened between <laughs> half past midnight and about four in the morning. So um, <laughs> I lost some time. Uh, so uh, when when hockey's obviously Nick, you were back on this last night, and, and well, you've got your, your thing. You know, when hockey is back and we're able to play games again, because that that's even further off um, in the in the moment. I mean, what are you looking forward to most? What call your shot? What are you going to do in your first game back? Uh, you know, are you going to go bar down? You're going to fall over? You're going to take a tripping penalty because you're too lazy to back check? What, what are you going to do, guys? I'll, I'll go you. Uh, I'll go you first, Nick. Yeah. Oh well, my, mine's just kind of kind of the go-to move, which is um, face off in our own end, win the face off, uh, get the puck, give it to Adam Perry, watch him skate the full length of the ice, and then just about get to the timekeeper in time just to remind them that I gave him the puck about thirty seconds before he scored. Ah, right, the old uh, the Nick Ival assist, as it's called, as opposed to the Tony Hand assist where he used to get them off the ice. Yours is win the face off and give it to Adam Perry. <laughs> I like yeah. what I said there, Nick, about Adam Perry skating the length of the ice, which implies that he's come back into his own defensive zone at any point. That's yeah, well, that was that was the niche of having the face-off back there. He has to, because uh, as much as I've talked to him about, he could potentially have started on the bench and we'll bring someone else on who is defensively responsible for the face-off. But, but no, he's uh, he's not there often, very often. It's free frequent visit between there and flying back up towards the blue line to hang around in neutralise, waiting for the headman path. Yeah. And uh, what about what about you, uh, Will? What's what's your shot? Um, I don't know. I think I think as a defenceman, I think not not much of an offensive producer. Um, I think just as, as weird as it sounds, I'm quite looking forward to jumping in front of pucks again. Oh, I'm making it. Quite a nice feeling getting that that big sliding block in when it's late in the game, and, and you, you know you know you've saved a potential goal, and, and being able to to look your teammates in the eye and, and say, "Well, I did my job, whether they did theirs or not." So yeah, yeah. I think getting getting bodies in the way is always always one for me. Good good stuff. Yeah, there's a, it feels good when you block a shot and it doesn't hurt. I mean, there's a you know that certain caveat. It does it, it feels good when it hurts, but it feels even better when it doesn't hurt. Um, we used to, I used to say to, to some of the, the people who were good at blocking shots that they had loads of bruises. It was like a badge of honour they got every game. Um, and the other folk that sort of, uh, they, they clench and look like they're trying to block the shot, but really they're trying to make themselves skinny so the puck will go past them. <laughs> so, um, if that is your desire and you want to block shots, then good good on you. You can be like the Doug Glatt of the team, or maybe minus the fighting part because you get banned for ages in recce, but... Um, you know, and block shots and do all the dirty stuff that others maybe wouldn't do. Um, speaking about dirty stuff, uh, I thought I'd just circle back to the NHL. Has anyone else thought the refereeing's been really loose um, since the NHL came back? Particularly the the uh, the blaze hit on Tyler Myers the other night in the um, St. Louis against Vancouver game, where he basically pile drived him head first in the barrier, and the, the ref didn't even give him like two minutes because I don't like to do two plus ten in the NHL. But what have you guys thought about the, the refereeing in the NHL since it came back? I think it's been weird, to be honest with you. I think there's some some games where they're calling a lot, and you kind of look at it and think, oh, it's playoffs. What you know that that 
that's not a lot. I mean, I was listening, I was listening to um, Spitting Chicklets in the car on Thursday, I think it was, to one of their most recent pods, and they were saying that actually statistically there's been more penalties in the in the playoffs first round this year than there has in the past three years, I think. Um, so I think the kind of the, the nitty gritty stuff people aren't getting away with as much, but there have been some absolute shockers. If you're right, the, the hit you talked about, and actually, I don't know, did you see the um, the Char and, and Shvetsnikov incident from the game last night. Um, I actually missed got, that last night. I was walking the dog. But... Yeah, where, where he got injured on the play. I mean, it, it it's one of those that's going to be up for debate. Some people will be saying that it was it was nothing, but I I think that Char did him a dirty and, and probably could have could have got a penalty for that. And whether there'll be any sort of supplemental discipline on that remains to be seen. I think he'll probably get away with it, but. It, it was a nasty-looking incident, and I was surprised that there wasn't a penalty called on it. Um, but yeah, I think I think every game so far, there's been some form of debate over over something. Um, but I suppose it's no different to to players coming, but like Nick was saying earlier about people saying the netminders are going to come back and have it difficult to try, you know, work out sight lines and 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 see the pucks and, and get used to being in net again. I think it's just, it's got to be the same for the officials. I mean. Not just being away from the sport for so long, but but talking about crowd noise and things like that. There's there's no there's no kind of um, tension, I guess, in, in in the arenas. So I mean, how often do we see penalties get called off the back of a massive crowd reaction? Um, I mean, yeah. it's easy in the elite league if Miller's referee and you just scream at the top of your voice and his arm goes up in the air. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, but he's uh, yeah. called the wrong guy. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think you've, there, there definitely probably has to be some consideration into how difficult their jobs are coming back from such a long break and not having the uh, the atmosphere that they're probably used to refereeing games in. Yeah, yeah. Nick, what about what about you? I mean, what have you thought of the refereeing so far? You know, you know what? I completely utterly agree with Will. I think the the Chara knew exactly what he was doing yesterday with the Shvetsnikov thing. Uh, he'll have done that God knows how many times throughout his career and there'll be God knows how many people have got hurt doing that but basically kind of like he half can open the guy doesn't he and kind of just make sure that his leg's not going anywhere and then obviously you see what happens to his leg and as, as the stuff quite rightly says legs are not supposed to bend that way um, but then in, t- in terms of the referee the referee probably should be making that call is uh, did you watch further on on the play where actually well the referee gets hit in the head by the puck I think it's the referee who should probably be making that call is the one who gets beamed in the face by the shot as as he's as Shvetsnikov's going down. So not not to necessarily always give Team Stripes the excuse, but I think uh, that guy probably had other other concerns at that point, like uh, the probably structural rigidity of his face moving forward. <laughs> um, but uh, no, it has been strange. Like exactly, I I can remember um, sitting there, especially during the like the playing round and watching watching those and sitting and thinking like I've never seen so many in what you'd call commas playoff hockey, so many power plays for such kind of inane little nomads just let them play and there's some flow but seem to be calling everything which I think as long as depending on how they want to do it as long as they're going to call it fair down the middle and if they're going to call everything call everything if they're going to call nothing call nothing but it's just been strange. There has been some games where you watch things and you're like, ooh, and then there's there's other games where you watch it and you go, well, hold on a minute, I've literally just watched another game before that and there would have been like four minor penalties in the, in that sequence of play, but the, in this game, nah, don't worry about it, we're, just, we're all good boys, keep going. So 
it'll be interesting to see if it continues, especially with um, as these playoffs go a little bit deeper. And I think the whistles might kind of go go away again, like traditional playoff hockey. But yeah, I, I think it's incredibly. I think we hit the nail on the head. It's incredibly difficult for these guys to kind of go from no hockey. Most of them probably had one exhibition game, then suddenly into everybody going a million miles an hour. Normally they've had 82 games to kind of get their um, get their stuff in order. So, yeah, give Team Stripes a bit of a break, but it has been a little bit weird, I think. Yeah, I mean, I just some of it's a bit clumsy from what I've seen. Um, like the uh, there was a hit on Tyler Ennis right at the start. Um, obviously it was at the start, it was in the play-iron round because they're not there anymore, but he got he got hit in the head and I thought the officials maybe missed it because he's short and then the uh, Department of Safety or whatever they're called, they stepped in and, and took him out, but I've noticed quite a few like sort of things that look a lot and it's maybe because, you know, European hockey is, I, I think, tighter reft and it's, it's maybe a softer style of play, it's more puck movement and stuff, but um, maybe not in Britain, but um, you know what I mean? It, it, I don't know. It's just been a bit weird. And then uh, you're right. There's sort of there's been sort of nitty gritty stuff where there's been like a slight hook in the hands, and the, and the guys got in the box or two. Um, but then they've missed the guy. Like there was a boarding hit where the guy got hit from behind. They were going to give him a major. They reviewed it, and gave him two minutes, and it was one of the most blatantly horrible boarding hits I've seen. So I don't know. I think it's just been a bit weird. I thought thought it was worth worth chatting through anyway. Yeah. I think um, having said that, Rambo, that. It's quite nice to see, in a way. Um, it's, it's nice to see that they're allowing the more physical side of the game to a degree. Obviously, you don't want to see dirty hits and guys getting hurt, and, and it's, but it is quite nice to see the officials kind of not playing a massive part in the games. I think if you think back to the game we went when we were out in Finland earlier this year, we went to the game um, Lati against uh, I can't remember who it was Arsat, was it? Arsat, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, that that goal that took them probably near on 25 minutes to decide whether it was a goal or not. And it seemed like every 30 seconds there was a, a call on the play and a player going to the box. It was quite a difficult watch. Yeah. Uh, I think it, it made the games in the playoffs a lot easier to watch and free-flowing. I think especially the, the Toronto-Columbus series, I think there were there were periods of play, play eight, nine minutes long without a stoppage, which which is always nice to see. So yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing I've noticed that I think, in, as you say, Nick, about the goalies, I think, do you think the offense has been a bit slow to, to start off, and in, in, in general terms, and that you know I know they said the goalies would be bad, but I think it's been, the, the playoff games have been quite stingy. Um, well, most of the ones I've watched have been you know maybe five goals, maybe six goals, but they've they've been pretty stingy hockey as well. Which is weird as as people from the BHA to watch because we normally have no defense. But um, I don't know what, what I mean. Do you guys do you guys agree with that? What do you think, Nick? I think I think some of the matchups have not necessarily helped in terms of we've had a lot of offensive powerhouses coming up against defensive defensive defense first teams, which we've not really had. Like a, imagine imagine what the score would have been in like a Toronto uh, Tampa kind of both teams really offensively minded want to go forward both play pretty hockey kind of kind of games whereas you've had like even going back to it Montreal always going to sit back defense first kind of Montreal counter punch versus Pittsburgh who always want to be going forward you've had um the western conference anyway is always particularly a lot more like defense first and stingy anyway but you look at um Look at some of the games out there. The New York Islanders, Columbus, like 
they're not necessarily built for, for all-out offense. They're built to win the one-goal games, the close games, and keep things tight. And it, it does make them does make the games more interesting. It just sometimes you sit there and you're like, it'd be nice to see a, a back and forth kind of six, 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 seven, something like that game. But then again, you don't get those in the playoffs. It, it's probably quite true to form what we're seeing, and things do get tight and less less space out there for the good players and. It'll just be interesting. I think there's there's going to be there's going to be some twists and turns yet, and I think there's still going to be some shocks even in this first round, and some teams come through who you think, well, they shouldn't even be here in the first place. Not only have they got through the first round, like the playing round, they're now here. Like, just take advantage while you can. Yeah. Well, anything to add? I think I think we've seen some phenomenal individual goals. Um, obviously, McDavid's goal against Chicago that went viral and obviously Horvat's goal a couple of days ago for Vancouver um, was it Vancouver? Yeah, yeah that, so. goal, um, that goal was unbelievably yeah, good <laughs> a good individual offence but um, I mean I, I'm a bit of a purist in the sense that I really like good defensive structure and like, I like seeing teams matching up well against against big powerhouse offences so I think and that's definitely something that you're going to need to do well in, in, in the run to the cup so Nick brought up the New York Islanders. I mean, they're not a, they're not a good team to watch. The, the games that they play are fairly boring and mundane because there isn't a lot of quality offense. But it's I really I personally really enjoy watching just how how structured they are, how well they play the system, and, and how they're making making a good result from maybe not a necessarily a good mix of guys in terms of individual talent, but they they come together as a team and and with their setup and their goal and, and they stick to it and it's nice to see and um, I think we will start to get some some more what's the word I'm looking for flair I guess moving forward as, as people start to settle into the series a bit more but I think this year particularly it's definitely going to be one of the teams that have got the good setup on the back end that are going to go far and do well so hold on just jumping in there Rambo and I think we might have touched on this but certainly now that it's over and we're beginning to see some of the results of it are you of the mindset? Because my point of view is, if you were one of the play-in teams versus one of the round-robin teams, you had a massive advantage by the fact that you are already potentially three to five games bedded in of battling for your lives versus at the end of the day, I hardly watched any of the round-robin games because to be honest, at the end of the day, those teams are already there. Like, for, for I'm sure for some of them, they weren't necessarily that bothered about seeding between one and four they were just worried about not getting injured before the the real show happened so do you not think that you can look at some of the teams like st louis and and some of the other ones like um obviously calgary's now two one up aren't they and uh on um on dallas and things like that do you not think would you would you agree that that's kind of a wrinkle a wrinkle in there that there has been a bit of an unfair advantage for some of these playing teams yeah, yeah I, would. I would i think um tampa have started slowly against Columbus. I think same for Dallas with Calgary. They're not really firing, firing on all cylinders, especially on the offense. They're struggling, struggling at that end of the ice. St. Louis again, two two nil down against Vancouver, which is probably a bit of a surprise. But um, and obviously Washington with New York. I think the only one that's really come out of that that round robin series and looked ready and raring to go have been Boston, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah, I think Vegas have looked pretty good as well, but I, I agree with Nick and that I that was something they talked about in Spitting Chicklets. I think it was quite a few weeks ago, and um, that 
you know, what have, what have the, the round-robin teams got to play for? Because you're not playing for home ice advantage, you're just playing for last change, basically, um, for most of the games in the playoff. Uh, in the playoffs, because you know you're in you're in whatever the host city is anyway, and you you are going to play games as the home team in inverted commas and the away team in inverted commas. You're going to change jersey and all this all this sort of stuff. But essentially, the games your home team, the only advantage you've got is last change because they're not even changing the dressing rooms that these teams are playing in. Like you're not getting the big dressing room for a home team. You're just in one dressing room the whole time. And what have you? So I think I think you're right. I think you know there's probably more faffing about with goalies. So goalies were getting rested more and stuff like that um, for these teams. So I, I I tend to I tend to agree with with you, Nick. I, I do think the playing teams probably had a bit of a a bit of an advantage in the sense that their competitive juices were flowing a bit earlier than the than the round robin teams. Um, and I mean the round robin games seem to be. Some of them seem to be pretty, pretty tedious to be honest with you, and like the the teams weren't really bothered. Um, and the proof of the pudding's in the eat in Boston were pretty rubbish in the playing round at the the round robin, and they're now going toe to toe with the team that was probably the hottest in the playing round, which is Carolina. So, so, so again, I'll throw another question out to both of you. Do you think? I, I know, obviously, from a, a kind of COVID point of view and having these biosecure facilities and things like that, do you think that they should have had a third site for the finals, or do you think it's potentially a disadvantage or an advantage for it being held in Edmonton? If you So put put the scenario in. You're a Western, Western Conference team. You made it to the conference finals. Um, you're still going to be there. You make it to the Stanley Cup final. You've never had to move out the building. Everything fine. Toronto teams in a couple of rounds, they're going to have to then move across the country, get used to a different hotel, different setup, probably different daily routine. Do you think? Do you think there's an advantage there for the for the Western Conference teams that they don't have to move? Or yes, uh, I think in short, yes. I would. I'm not saying they should have had a third site. I actually didn't realise they were going to Edmonton no matter what. My thoughts on it would have been that the the, the team that has the highest seed should have been the host conference, if you will. Um, when all is said and done, because for example, if, if somehow Arizona come back and get to the the Stanley Cup Finals, and they're then playing Tampa, who are the, the number two seed, for example, then in my opinion, it should be held in Toronto, and, and Arizona should be doing the travelling. But um, yeah, there's definitely an advantage, I think, to to being the team that doesn't have to move at the end of it all. What about you, Will? Um. I, I, yeah, I mean, I can kind of agree with where you're coming from, but I think from a playing devil's advocate slightly, I think if you if you played, if you're, for example, if you're if you're a Tampa and you've played all your games at Toronto and, and you move on to the finals, and then it's a a case of right, okay, we're we're in the finals, we're, we're traveling up to the destination. You know, these guys are used to traveling for for playoff games as it is. So does that bring in an element of you know, it's a change of scenery. We're we're moving, and it kind of helps you get into that that frame of mind of we're going over there to do a job and get it done. So um, there's obviously the professionalism side of things to consider with these guys that they they they're used to being on the road a lot of the time, and they're used to, to moving around. And if it was a normal playoff series, they'd be backwards and forwards between arenas every other night. So um, it would be interesting. It would definitely be interesting to see. Any any more, Nick? Because these are quite good. 
No, Rambo, normal service can resume. You're back. (laughs) That was was a lot more intriguing questions than I had lined up. But my next question was, um, who do you think's got the best jerseys that are in the... uh, in the, out of the 24 teams that we've seen uh, so far, I, I have my opinion, but I'll leave it till the end. Uh, Nick, I'll let you go first, and then we'll, we'll, we'll hear what Will's got got on that one. Well, well, Beth's, Beth's pretty much had to sit and listen to me keep going. Oh, I really like that jersey. Oh, I really like that jersey. Oh, I really like that jersey. I really like that jersey. In which case, she's pointing out that I can't necessarily have 24 favorite jerseys. Um, but no, there, there's something about the. Um, the Arizona away jersey, the, the the white one, I do quite like that. That's obviously uh, close to the the necessarily the Kings. Uh, like that's probably more or BYJ wise Edinburgh's away white one is pretty close to the Arizona away white one. Um, and then again, on the white point of view, the the kind of traditionalist point of view, I do like the the kind of simplicity of the Carolina white one, which is pretty much what the Kings white one was kind of modelled after. Um, but no, but then there's something about the you can't not like the 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 Arizona um, the Arizona change dog jersey like it's it's just a it's just a cult classic which you can't kind of get away from. But um, there's a there's a lot of nice NHL jerseys out there. Put it that way. Well, um, yeah, I think fairly similar. Really, the the is it, is it the is it called the Kachina jersey? Is it? Yeah, or that's the one. one. Yeah. That's probably my favourite. I think again, the Canes white one is really nice. Um, I think possibly for me as well. I, I, I am a big fan of the uh, the Colorado Avalanche home jersey. Um, I just really like the colourways on it, so I'd probably say that, that they're my top three. If I had to pick a favourite for all of them, then I'd probably go for Arizona. Yeah, Arizona was the the black Arizona one is is. By far my favourite jersey in the in the playoffs. Um, I just think it, I just think it's really well done. I know it was I know it was one they had before, but it just I don't know it pops well. It's nice. Um, my least favourite jersey is the Tampa uh, the Tampa blue one particularly because I think the Tampa blue one because they they simplified it they took away the black from Tampa's jerseys. They, they sort of, if you see them from the back when the fir- you first turn on TV and you want to see like the you know, score thing in the corner, they, they pretty much just look like Maple Leafs jerseys from the back. I wish I mean, they were, mate. Yeah, I mean, it's nothing nothing <laughs> like, it's nothing, you know, it's, it's nothing wrong with the Maple Leafs jerseys, but Tampa's jerseys just look like a kind of naff rip-off of the Maple Leafs ones. Now, I know you prefer, you would probably wish that every Tampa Bay player was swapped with every Toronto player, with the exception of maybe... Austin Matthews, um, but in ter- in general terms, it, it would be nice. They, they should maybe bring the black back because it was, yeah, yeah it just made made them a bit different. Um, whereas they're very similar to everyone else now. Just, I've just had a look actually, and I think I forgot. I, I do actually really like the Dallas Stars green jersey as well. Yeah, it's kind of a, that's kind of interesting. But I quite like that one actually. Yeah, you kind know. of always forget about it when you see it. You think that's actually really nice, but not a lot of teams playing green kind of across the world really. So. Is this your way of shoehorning in that Mavs re- reference, was it? Well, I mean, I think <laughs> for me personally, if Mavs went to a Dallas green as opposed to the kind of off green that they use at the moment, the bluey green, I think it, it would be a much better look. But maybe that's something I need to bring up with uh, with the guys down at Mavs. Maybe, maybe so. Right, my, my shoes are off. Yeah. <laughs> my shoes are off as well, mate. Yeah. 
and I, I, my socks are off too, just while we're, we're talking about things. <laughs> Talking about jerseys, Rambo, what's your thoughts on the uh, the Sabres change back to Royal Blue? Um, I quite like it, actually, because I never really liked the fact that they sort of had this like navy version of the old classic. I didn't actually mind them being in black, black, white and red, quite frankly. Um, when I sort of really got into supporting them, they were in black, white and red. But when they changed back, I think it would have been better if they just went all the way back to Royal Blue. Um, in the first place, so I'm, I'm actually quite glad they've changed back to Royal Blue. Um, it looks a bit fresher and stuff, and uh, you know, it's quite quite nice. Um, I mean, we might not need to worry about seeing it in the playoffs for a while, but <laughs> that's that's just uh, the nature of supporting the Buffalo Sabers. Um, I mean, if if they don't get in the playoffs in the next season or so, they they need to trade Jack Eichel just as a service to him. I mean, it's unbelievable that that guy's not played in like I think he's played in one or two maybe playoffs. In one round, it's ridiculous. The caliber of player he is. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, I like, I like, I like it. I, I don't know what, what would you think? Would you guys think you, you must have? I, a... I really like it. I think it's a great change. Yeah, Nick. Yeah, I, I agree. And also, um, circling back to something we talked about earlier, I think Seattle's Seattle's choices were were spot on for for kind of the the little gap in the market that they've tapped into. Yeah, what colours are they again? I'm trying to remember. Blue, blue, <laughs> red, and white, isn't it? Yeah, I thought I thought they were teal, but that might be I might be looking at something else because it Seattle had that weird XFL jersey as well that was that sort of came yeah, out. Yeah, so it's it's kind of it's the kind of the dark navy blue with the light kind of oceany oceany blue, kind of tealy, skyy blue kind of combo with the with the red detail, and I I think it's really really nice. Yeah. Although, although Rambo, obviously, as as we talked about in the last podcast, it, it's I'm I'm still utterly upset that my uh, my favourite choice wasn't picked. But as as you know, for good reason, can't be mentioned on stream. Yeah, I'm sure people will will manage to find it themselves. Let's just say the team name wasn't Seattle; it was Rain City, and you can find the rest of it yourself. <laughs> um. Anyway, guys, it's been it's been great chatting. I'm just uh, a couple of quick things to bring up. Uh, Nick, I'm I'm in season eight of How I Met Your Mother. I'm still going strong. Um, work. He's not met the mother yet, but um, I, I gather that she's a bass player at Barney and Robin's wedding. Um, and uh, the other thing is, um, for lockdown ending, I've been making a list of things that, like ways to like give back. Well, basically to entertain myself and give back. So, like going to different sporting events. So I'm actually going to go to an SNL game as a as a spectator uh, when I come back. So that'll be be interesting. Um, and that might lead to me writing that blog that you suggested that I do. So there you go. Looking forward to it already. <laughs> <laughs> um, our next episode will be the 50th episode of the podcast. Um, I'm looking to get on our uh, all-time biggest listener. I found this out on SoundCloud, being Max Springer. Uh, Eva Harrison will be making an appearance by way of interview. And... Um, Nick, you can tell me if I'm wrong here, but the person we probably talk about the most on this podcast who's never been on it is uh, Bert Ricchetti, and I think he's quite keen to maybe pop on as well. So um, all those things to look forward to. Um, and finally... Hey, hey, Rambo, we don't have that many listeners. Surely we could just like get get all of those in, all of the actual listeners. Uh, I don't know. There's, there's a challenge for you. There's some proper re- reprobates in that, in that crew, but... Um, 
Um, and the other thing is, uh, guys, I know that times are hard and, and all the rest of it, uh, but the uh, the GBU team have done a GoFundMe if you can find that and you can donate. As I, as I was trying to point out, if, you, if everyone who likes the BIHA page donated a pound, then that would give us two grand, which would put us a long way towards going to um, to Lucerne next year with them. Obviously, a lot of fundraising activities that we maybe try and do have been put on hold because of COVID. So if you can spare a pound or two on the GoFundMe, that would be great. Um, and it leaves me now to thank Will very, uh, very much for his time. Um, and uh, if you, if you got anyone you want to give a big shout out to, Will? I don't think so. We've raised, raised some people in the podcast, but yeah, it's been a, been a pleasure coming on and happy to come on whenever you guys uh, guys want me. So it's uh, been an enjoyable way to spend the morning. Yeah. Oh, one last thing, Nick, before we do the sign off. Um, well done to Essie Etasalo on being named the uh, GB um, Under 18 Women's Assistant Coach. I meant to say yes. that. Massive congratulations! Yeah, yeah. Um, she's she plied her trade a bit um, in the uh, the Youth Olympics with I think it was Team Blue or something because um, they were all mixed. But uh, she's now been given that job and and she's been you know working hard and learning about coaching. So good on you, Essie. Well done. Um, anyway, sorry. Uh, anyway, thank you very much, Will, for your time and. Uh, Nick, um, it's time to sign off, um, so that's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me.